Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where we don't love our mamas just because they have money. My name is Mary. And I'm Sarah. I'm Josh, and maybe I do like her just because she has money. <laughs> I'm Melanie, and I like money. And my mom. <laughs> I like money a lot. I like money a lot. Me too. Me too. <laughs> money, 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 money. So, money. we all drinking quickly. I am drinking um, because I hoarded it over the holidays because I like it so much. I have a Great Lakes Brewing Company Christmas Ale with spices and honey. Yum. Well, I'm just back to my regular Pinot, oh my gosh, Pinot Grigio because I had nothing else in the house but beer. J.R. Bourbon. 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 Golden Road Brewing Mango Cart. My go-to. God, I love this stuff. I found it at Walmart Neighborhood Market of all places. I was like, oh. Nice. Because it, it hasn't been mainstream, quote unquote, very long. Cool. Nice. Nice. Yes. Awesome. I'd like to shout out. Should we blow through some quick housekeeping? Well, I was going to shout out to our Patreon Go for it. first. Um, I'd like to say thank you and a shout out to Captain America, Sheen Pye, Laura Bernheim, Anita Wren, and Kristen Carlano. Thank you. And uh, if you would like more talk of Dallas, you should totally head over to patreon.com slash ewingbbq. And check it out. We have a lot of stuff. We are reading some Dallas fan fiction. We are. We have a bunch of outtakes and whatever. So if you would like, it is if that literally you, fan fiction. <laughs> literally fan fiction. And the language is saucy. <laughs> <laughs> saucy and problematic uh, sometimes. But you know what are you gonna do? <laughs> mm, yes. It's a hundred percent problematic. Should I blow through some birthdays and a couple yeah, things quickly? Some <laughs> yes. March 10th, Alice Herson, who played uh, Mavis, born in 1929, so that makes her 93? Yes. Uh, Ro Rosanna Christensen, who played Teresa, uh, March 11th, born in 1951, that makes her 71. Steve Canale celebrated his birthday on the 14th. Born in 1946, so he is 76. Uh, Dennis Patrick, who played Von Leland, would also would have celebrated a birthday on the 14th. He he would have been 104. Next week on this, or not next week, uh, two days from now, St. Patrick's Day's Saint himself, Patrick Duffy, celebrates his 73rd. And Leslie Ann Down, who played Stephanie Rogers, uh, 1970. 54, so 68. And in case we don't get there, I'll just throw a quick one to Brenda Strong on March 25th. So I quick, very quickly went down to 90s con, the very first ever 90s con. We, we need an 80s con, as we were talking about in um, Chicago in November. Uh, and Spent the day wandering around and catching up with our own John Ross himself, Omri Katz, whom I had not seen since uh, Melanie, our fan source dinner. Wow. With the open bar. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> We've wow. talked over the years. Well. And that's, that's a long time. We, we, yeah, and he actually saw me, pointed me out, and waved me over, and 
Where was, was the nanny's gone? It was in Connecticut. Uh, and I took our mascot, our Robin Williams doll mascot down there, and the uh, kids from Mrs. Doubtfire, Mara Wilson, Lisa Jacob, and um, Matthew Lawrence were there, and I had Matthew Lawrence hold the doll to have the picture taken. He loved the doll, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, Armory is still in touch with Josh Harris, and he's doing well, and we talked about possible podcasts, so uh, stay tuned for something, possibly. Bobby. And uh, last bit of news is we've seen the rumors going around again that South Fork is on the sale block. I think the rumors are that it's actually under contract. With someone. For sale. I don't know, understand lingo, but... Oh, under contract means that someone put in an offer and they're in the process of, like, buying it. And they could be buying it to, like, revamp it mm-hmm. and make it, you know... Right. right. Let's not assume that a sale means bulldozer, people, okay? Everyone just jumps on that and... Where did you hear that? Like, is it on something that, of course, I didn't see? Cause I'm some so... Dallas newspaper. Uh, the guy was in, hearing rumors and actually got in touch with a real estate agent that looked Mm. into it so Mm. but sale does not mean bulldozer although their instagram page is going to be an investment by someone for i mean a lucrative tourist attraction so so let's not jump the gun yet but we'll just wait for more so that's that's all we want to really say on that we don't want to stir the pot too much for sure anybody else before we um, I just want to remind everyone that if they need a Ewing barbecue t-shirt, that they can go to tpublic.com and get one of those and get one that says, I am, I am Takapa, which is special made for this season. And Omri is in the cannabis business now. He gave me a whole slew of his Mary Dangsters bumper stickers while I was nice. down there. So nice. I'll be so helping him with some marketing, hopefully, at some point. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so tonight we are talking about Season 4, Episode 19, which is Episode 73 of the series, The Gathering Storm. You and I are going to be spending a lot more time together. We get to know each other real good, because your mama may not be around much anymore. I either vote for mama or daddy, and either way I lose. You can do something about it. Stand up, and I'm going to be counted. Even if we have to leave South Fork. Miss Ellie, Jack loves you. I can't put up with the Ewing ways any longer. Could end in divorce. A divorce? Come on. They're only about four feet away, Bob. And if that happens, goodbye, Ewing Oil. It was written by Robert J. Shaw, directed by Michael Priest, aired March 27th, 1981. And this marks the debut of Christopher Stone as Dave Stratton. The episode finished number one for the week. And like you mentioned, Michael Priest, this is his first episode that he directed. And he is second in directing of episode total with 60 episodes. He's behind Leonard Katzman. And he also directed the movie War of the Ewings. And he um, is good friends with Cherie Wilson and Kathy Podwell, whom we've been going back and forth with about getting the three of them to appear on a upcoming podcast. Uh, So that'll be interesting. Yeah. And it's the first scenes between Priscilla Pointer and Ken Kershaw. Yes. Love it. All right. So we open on the exterior of South Fork. It's obviously morning. Obviously stock footage if they're not shooting on location. 
Probably, because it actually, and this is what I noticed, is that it's set up for them to eat breakfast outside, but then nobody eats breakfast outside. Mm-hmm. So either maybe they always have two point. setups just in case, you know, see what people want to do. But yeah. And right. Swellen is having breakfast in bed. And with a fur on. With a fur on. I have, yes. something, to say about what, I have <laughs> something to say about that really quick. Yeah. How... How extra. First of all, I'm jealous because I've always wanted one of those trays with a magazine holder in the side and somebody to serve me breakfast in bed. But number two, you're wearing white fucking fur and you're eating grape jelly. You're an idiot. And she's got full makeup on. Sorry. And <laughs> obviously you. this is going into the uh, increased wardrobe budget here in the 80s with the Definitely. Yeah, yeah. marked number of furs that are We're starting to get up. furs and fancy. And, yeah. Because of Takapa. I'm just and, and whatever. How extra. So extra. We're starting to get so extra. Extra. Yes, yes, yes. Right. They were they were waiting for Anne Francis to leave uh, the show as uh, Arliss because she had to. They didn't have the budget for her wardrobe in the, her last scene. So See, she they had just to go like out cut and make her wardrobe herself. and they're giving it to Sue Ellen. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> and Sue Ellen just might stay there all day if she wants to. He has some good wisecracks in this scene, too, by the way. Yes, there's Very a lot good. of good wisecracks. This, said, this, like I made she, a note that this, this scene, like those kind of cracks are what makes their connection, which makes me love the show. Yep. That's exactly the kind of writing that I like. This real, like, and how much there. do you think they influenced the script or ad-libbed based on their personalities? I think they ad-libbed some. I really do. Because Larry ad-libs. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. I think she kind of lays off of him. Yes. Oh, absolutely. There are some co-stars that have that knack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, he, he only married her to get her in bed, and he says, well, yeah, now I can't get you out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Tom calls. With, we don't know what Tom says because Jared doesn't reveal it in that scene. Nope, because do so well in care? No, she doesn't. She doesn't care at all. No. <laughs> And yeah, the le- the less they have to say to each other, the better off Jr. is going to like it as he leaves. Right, right. And then Jr. goes directly to John Ross's room, uh, where J- I feel like John Ross has his first line in this scene, which is something like, <laughs> <laughs> "At least they let him do something." Something. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jr. and John Ross are going to be spending more time together. Jr. I'm surprised you remember your kid's name. When was the last time you spent time with him? Right. right. Exactly. Because he says, your mama probably isn't going to be around much more. And you're like, okay, that's a... I was like, what a dick. Concerning thing to tell your child. And also, why does everyone reveal... Father of the Year Award right there. Right. Everyone reveals their plans to the kid. Like it's a big secret. If if I wanted to spy on my spouse, I would bug the kid's bedroom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would put a bug right in that giant, giant bunny rabbit, that bunny rabbit stuffed animal. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Leave it, animal. Then we get a shot of Bobby pulling in of South to Southport. Yep. Meanwhile, Jr. goes down to breakfast, which is another favorite scene of mine now because he's such an asshole, but it's a funny <laughs> asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it makes you want to like him. He's such a smart ass. I know. Everybody, I know. Like, well, you love to hate him. And everybody's uncomfortable. I love how how he's very particular about everyone has their assigned seats at the table. Well, Ray, you can go sit in Gary's seat. 
I used to do that. <laughs> and uh, Donna, why don't you go over Lucy's seat? I know when I would go over to my aunt and uncle's house for dinners, my cousin would, uh, would come over, and I was sitting next to his father, my uncle. And he goes, oh, that's my seat. And I'm going, yeah, no, I'm sitting here. I'm, I, he's telling me stories. And he, he'd get pissed because it, he, it was like he was assigned seat. And I go, yeah, this isn't Dallas, pal. <laughs> Yeah, some people are big with that, and I guess Jr. is, because he went ready to get up. And that's not going to be the last time that he makes reference to the seating arrangements at the oh, table. Oh, no. Well, oh, no. Remember, he still considers Ray the hired help, even though it's his brother. I know, and I feel sorry for Ray. I love Donna. Kind I know. Of. Let's not forget he's a half-breed. According, According to, to Jr. Half-breed is his term for half-brother. Okay. That's what yeah. we're just going to make. That's his he's a jackass. That. Um, so then Bobby walks in and, uh, so JR can't wait to just like spit out Bobby's dilemma with Takapa and he has to pick a side between his parents. And he was wondering if Pam had heard any bad news or anything. Oh, right, right. And Pam was just literally like, what are you talking about? And he's just like, oh no, I don't know. And she's just like, no, JR, like, am I supposed to have heard some bad news? And he's like, oh, no. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, JR. <laughs> <laughs> Only Larry Hagman could play the scene like that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of anyone else that could pull those nuances off so perfectly. He's so chipper in this scene. It's so annoying because he's just like, oh, it's well, disturbing. you're going to have to pick mom or daddy. Good luck with that. <laughs> it's, it's so disturbing, too. When he's in a good mood, there's, there's a problem. Right. If he's yeah. in a good mood, then you better just, yeah, take heed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Duck and cover, as they say. Get out of the line of fire. No sudden movements. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that definitely puts him in a tough spot. And then uh, Bobby has to go get cleaned up, and Pam wants to go with him. Uh, is she thinking a little, a little shower time together? <laughs> Why not? That's exactly my thought. I know it sounds perverted, but I think she just wanted to go spend time and talk to him, but I was like, ooh, she's going to have sexy time. But I know that's not what she was doing. I was just being a pervert. No, I mean, why not both? Right, but we also have dirty minds, so we let we let our minds go there, too. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> it makes it more interesting. So then Pam says basically what we're all thinking, right? That Bobby should just abstain from the vote or leave the committee. Like, Pam is all this in this moment. He never should have been allowed on the damn committee. He should, right. never should have been allowed on the damn committee. That's a conflict of interest, period, finish. Mm-hmm. And then, but Bobby refuses. But then it wouldn't serve the storyline, because it wouldn't serve the storyline. <laughs> right, right, right. But still, it's, ugh. Yeah, conflict of interest, but he's not allowed to conduct an Ewing business while he's in that senator role, is he? No. Probably not, no. I, don't think, I think they've said that once on something like, else. I mean, because yeah. they, they made... Yeah, made sure the president couldn't. But, you know, Mayor, he says, um, if you can't take the heat, don't be in the kitchen or whatever. Yeah. And she get, and Pam goes, the best part about it, Pam goes, huh? And she makes his face. And I was like, first of all, <laughs> did she just say, why is she saying that? Or did she not know the fucking reference? And I was like, everybody knows that. But, and she goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and she has needle hair again. And it was worse than ever in this episode. Thank you very much. That's funny. <laughs> I want a coffee cup that says Bobby gets up on his little high horse soapbox thing talking about how when he took the oath he, t- it was a, he has to serve the people and he can't he's not serving the people if he doesn't you know stand up for this he's even, such a good, 
Even if that means leaving South Fork or Dallas uh-huh. in such a dramatic moment. I know. I, I have to I vote against one or the other. Whatever, Bobby. <laughs> That, we do. The exactly. way he the way he turned towards the camera reminded me of before JR got shot and he said, Pam, we're leaving South Fork first thing in the morning. Okay. The night before. And he, he turned towards the camera that night too. Oh, you almost <laughs> made it. It was just like <laughs> Almost. Yep. Uh, damn it, JR. And he's like, or we or Dallas. And she's like, wait, hold up. What? I don't wanna leave Dallas. And he's like, oh, like, I thought that's what you've been wanting for a long time. And then she's like, oh, well, so my mom now lives here? And he's like, oh, well, you didn't tell me that. Like, well, Bobby, you haven't been listening very much for the past two seasons. So don't be surprised there's things Mm. you don't know. Right. Yeah. That's right. In fact, Therese is writing a tell-all book, and you can read everything you missed in the first two chapters. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. (laughs) And then we go to uh, Mitch having... At a diner on campus. Um, where he asked for a donut and coffee. Is there only one flavor of donut? It's just like when, that place. when Ray's like, I'll have a draft yeah. beer. I'll have a white wine. Okay. It, well, I know. But back then, I guess you could just say, I want a donut. Right. I just want a donut. Maybe ice. I don't remember. It's just, I think you can get sprinkles. Ooh, sprinkles. <laughs> it's just because of TV, because they can't sit there and be like, uh. And I don't know if it was my screen. Um, the waitress, I think she had pink hair, like cotton candy pink hair. Did well, anybody she, else well, notice I guess that? I could, That's awesome. I, no, but I didn't pay attention. I, I was, didn't either, but I, I can I look at that right now. Dallas. I was. Hmm. I, but I could have been, like, been a punk rocker. She could have been a punk rocker in the eighties. <laughs> I <laughs> was. Uh, the Valley Girl. Valley I girl. was too busy watching Ellen Bry, Ellen Bry because I'm on the episodes of St. Elsewhere where she her character just shot and killed somebody. So I'm just kind of oh, like spoiler. ping-ponging back and forth between the two. <laughs> yeah, if you watch St. Elsewhere. <laughs> right. Whereas Scotty oh. Demarest has been on there uh, for the last oh. several episodes. Fun. So what is her name yep. on this show? What's her actual name? Jean. 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 Because okay. I, I, I keep forgetting her name. I keep thinking of her as Nurse Shirley Daniels, and that's okay. what I'm going to continue to think of her as. And that's where she was before she wound up in Boston. So Mitch is just bitching and moaning about Lucy and the whole situation. He's super upset. He's like, she left at 5 a.m. in a limo. and um, To like, a fucking stranger. And, like, tried to, right. To, well, I guess she's, like, kind of his friend, but... Still, like, he's just, like, talking about the money situation, and she's just looking at him like, uh, this is your problem, dude. Like, she's not, she's not agreeing with him at all. Right. Right, and he said, oh, they're shooting in a park, and they have to be out before the park opens, and, oh, it's cold there. Oh, yeah, well, the limelight will keep her warm. (laughs) Burn, Mitch, burn. Snap. He's such a douche. He's, he's trying to like such him. A douche. And, yeah, I like him, and then I don't like him. There's moments where you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, he is sweet," or he really cares about her. And then Lee, Lee we we like you. We like you, Lee. Lee, but he's Mitch, uh, yeah, it goes a issues. long way, but only so far. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Right, and and he's go, they're going on about like uh, buying loose, you know, having to work for. And having it have more meaning because he wants to buy her a locket and she can just go out and get 50 lockets. And mm-hmm. Jean would like five pairs of shoes. 
Look, I get it. Right. The whole locket. Thing. Yeah. Look, I get it. And this is a, this is a question for our listeners. If anybody wants to tweet us or send a message or whatever, if you're a guy, what is your thoughts on this? Especially during the different age groups. Like if you're, if this was, if you were in your thirties or forties in the eighties, when the show was on, what do you think? Do you, is it, was that like a regular thing? I know my dad was like that. So I don't know if everybody's like that, but my dad was like, that. he didn't want my mom to work. He wanted her to be at home, cooking, house clean, dinner on the table. But this seems a little over the top to me. Like he's real sad about it. I know my stepmother, she raised the children. And when they were all in school, then she went off to work. But my father worked with her at the same, at a company before they got married. So she had been a working woman. My mom, but then she chose to stay home. Yeah, my mom worked before in the early she got years. married. And then my dad asked her to stop working. My oh, husband would mine. never do that. <laughs> but, no, then, but nowadays it really takes an two-income family. You it know, does. Really. And also, like, I would, like, that's the weird thing to ask someone, I think, mostly in today. Like, I think it's today. wrong to yeah. ask someone that like if someone want that's a choice they want to make like cool no problem no problem but exactly like, that's a weird that's a weird uh i don't know subject to bring up i don't know well if we were engaged and i said like if you were the boy and i said look my dream is to be a mother and not work i really want to be uh, raise my kids I, i'll have everything done but when they're older, I do want to get back to work. I still want to have my career. And, then, and the husband says, yes, that's fine with me. That's fine, but you're not asking them. Like, this is what you're saying, right? right. You're not yeah. asking them to yes. do it. You're not you're asking them. That's it's right. like a choice you make, the thing you're making together, and you're not like, I don't know, yeah. you're not making it a, like so a you, thing, like your work. Like, I am the provider, and you are the home giver. No, this oh, is man. I bring bacon, <laughs> you're barefoot and pregnant. No, bitch. this is man's work. It's very dated. Mostly for the even so for a, the early eighties. So basically, you want to basically when before you proceed with planning a future, you actually want to plan and talk, have some back and forth dialogue about the roadmap of what you would like. You know. Yeah, usually other, couples you know. would do that before they get married. Lucy and Mitch. <laughs> These are things they would speak about. But Mitch is being a bitch. Mitch is being a bit. Oh, Mitch is being a bitch. I don't like that. That could be. That could be a coffee cup too. <laughs> there you go. One side says Pam the poodle. The other says Mitch is a bitch. <laughs> Mitch is being a bitch. So then we. Yeah, cut and then to... I have one. For, I have one for Lucy later. Okay. All right. <laughs> um. So Ray tells Jock about the uh, Bobby situation, like the predicament Bobby's in. As Ellie is walking in, and it gets tense immediately. And Jim is already seated at the table because it's yeah, really... Yeah, he's not looking great. He's not looking great. And uh, he, he's gravelly voiced. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the toupee is obvious at this point that it's... Right. And it, his weight is... Even at the end of the scene when he storms out, I'm sure they had Steve Canelli get up and go and help him because he was wobbling into yeah. the uh, foyer. Yeah. And they had him escort him out the door. That was probably asked of him. Probably, probably, yep. Jim was probably very unstable. But on the bright side, Miss Ellie has had it. She's 
done, and she goes off on Ray. She's done with it. She tells Ray like how he's changed. He's not the same person since he found out he's a Ewing. Um, he's his he's changed his morals, and oh, all of a sudden you're an expert. Like, oh damn, Miss Ellie. Like, she's not holding like he's back. now an expert on what people want. Ooh. He's an on, like, yeah, development, which, like, okay. Yeah, and that does not make Jock happy. No. That does, clearly it does not make, I'm going to Dallas! He says, damn it, woman! Well, you can stay there. Damn it, get off race back. I've had enough. <laughs> Jim, Jim, you're still bringing uh, it. You're still yeah. bringing it, Jim. Oh, he also says that he hasn't been fit to live with since the Takapa thing. Fit to live with. Wow. Where's your Where's your uh, your, your your bell? Oh yeah, oh, the trash oh, bell. Hold on. <laughs> That's the trash. Is it, I missed that because I wasn't on that episode. So did that? Is that the trash bell when it's mm-hmm. steeping? Yep. You're okay. not fit to live with, woman. <laughs> And you're an asshole, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. You are not just an asshole. You are you are the whole ass. <laughs> you're Takapa. I am Takapa. Doc leaves and then and says he's going to Dallas, and she's like, "Well, if that's the way you feel, you could stay there." Okay. Ooh. And then Miss Ellie goes all Rhett Butler on. Uh, on Donna, yeah, because she's like, "Well, on, what on now?" Donna. And then she says, "At this moment." I don't give a damn. Oof. Frankly, Donna, I don't give a damn. No. <laughs> I could just put put her and Red Butler next, uh, Clark, next uh-huh, to each uh-huh. other. And- yep, totally. So then it's nighttime, and we know this because there is darkness, crickets, and owls. All on South Fork. Owls, I yes. I hate owls. It's not, it's not the first time <laughs> that we've heard an owl there, because the owls are not what they seem. I guess so. <laughs> And so Jock is leaving, and we know this because there are suitcases. There's a close-up on suitcases, and then they walk out, which means that I feel like um, Jim is supposed to be in this scene. And then, um, but he probably wasn't able to do it, so. She says, get the fuck out! Raul obviously probably took them out. Then JR comes in, and Ellie tells JR that they've separated. And if he wants to know any more, to go talk to her, his father. Yeah, because she doesn't want to talk about it. And Donna says she knows in her heart separation is not the right thing to do. And then we switch to her Rebecca's apartment. Um, and then she's asking Pam why she hasn't told Cliff about her yet. And then Pam yeah, gets hard. She keeps changing the subject. Well, she does keep changing the subject. And then Pam just, like... Tells her flat out why. But I feel, I mean, okay, I guess, do you guys agree with Pam? Because Pam is basically like, you can't trust Cliff. Like, he he will only love you if he knows you have money. Like, otherwise, he's not going to want anything to do with you. And you're never going to know if that's the real reason. Because Cliff is kind of, she's basically like, Cliff is kind of a terrible person. And that's how he thinks about things. There are givers and takers, and he's a taker. <laughs> Great. Cliff is kind of, he's kind of a terrible person. He's your brother. He's your brother. I just, I, I guess I don't uh, agree with Pam, but I don't know. I don't know. 
It's her brother, not mine. I mean, you might be right, but don't talk him up to your mom like that. Talk well, him down. She needs to provide some context of why she's changing the subject every time Cliff is brought up. Yeah, I guess maybe go, going worst case scenario might be the right mood, just in case, just to prepare her, I guess. Right, maybe. because if she, if she undersells, Rebecca's going to keep pecking away and trying to get her to... So if Pam just pulls, out, pulls the rug out, there's nowhere right. to step. That's true. And they can move from the issue. Right. So, in that sense, I'm like, and and Cliff has been back and forth with Pam, treated her like an ass too. That's and true. He do, he does go back and forth, and yeah, you're right. So, so does her husband, though. <laughs> Poor Pam. Everybody goes back and forth here. Jr. and Sue Ellen. And, yeah. Uh. So then we get cut to Leslie uh, with Jr. and she's really grateful for the clients that Jr. has sent her way. I noticed these next two scenes are kind of companion scenes. Yeah. In a way, because you have Jr. telling Leslie that, oh, with his parents' situation, he doesn't want to leave Sue Ellen at this time. And then you have Sue Ellen wanting to leave things with Clint the way they are because they're perfect. And she doesn't want to disrupt with what's going on with Jock and Ellie. So it's Jar and Swell are both using that as their excuse to not get out of their current situations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are they using it as an excuse or is it valid? I think when it's it comes both. down to Do it. Do they really care? I don't think they really want out mm-hmm. because Jr. was always threatening it and he, he's all talk and no action. Sue Ellen is the one who actually tries to leave. She went to her yeah. mother's that time. She walked out on Jr. and Jr. went and got her back. And she she's yeah. one. She went went to go to Dusty, and he was supposedly killed in the plane crash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you're you're right. She has been the one to try to get out. And I think the scene with Sue Ellen and Clint looks like they're in a Mentos commercial. <laughs> what? And, and where are yeah they they just come from tennis with his, his little short shorts and her skirt some and the, short shorts some white shorty shorts Sarah's shorts. off off camera laughing like cackling is just sending me right now I was like I was like if if the short shorts were any shorter Monty Markham's little lads would have been popping out the side uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yep yeah um, and he's pushing the divorce. This I, he's just like, so I'm gonna now it's time. I'm gonna just tell Alicia that we should get divorced. And Sue so just she just doesn't want that at all. Like, dude, take a hint. Every time she's like, no, 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 she's no, like, no, no. Panic, panic, panic. Yeah, it's like uh, things are perfect right now, how they are. And he's just like, no, nope, we should be together. And like, how much more clear does she have to be? Sorry, Clint. It's about nostalgia right now. She's using you. Yeah. To try to feel something. She was, re- <laughs> she was ready to dump JR when she thought Dusty would have been there. She would have taken care of him as an invalid. And he pushed her away. And now. Clint is like a placeholder. Re- Clint a rebound. Is just her serotonin no. No. right now. Like, that's all he's there for is to <laughs> give her serotonin. Like, that's it. It's so funny, though. Like, every guy just, like, wants to give Sue Ellen the world. And she's like, yeah, except for Cliff. Right. And she's like, nah, yeah. it was just about sex. Sorry. 
<laughs> yeah. Exactly. She just wants the dick. I mean, go. She just go, wants yeah. the dick. She just wants the go empowerment. Why not? Oh, it's all about the nookie. The nookie. So then we cut to Mitch angrily drinking tea. He's so angry. Oh, this scene. This scene. Uh, oh, God, this scene. <laughs> this scene is kind I have not of seen Char. I have not seen Charlene go off on in anything this up to this point. This is a really good Charlene Tilton acting scene. Like, this is awesome. I love it. So, yeah. So, Mitch is angrily drinking the tea and looking at their wedding picture. Just getting more and more pissed because she's not home. Um, and then she comes in, like, exhausted, but in a good mood. And... Um, She's like oh, even like offering. Oh, I had thirty outfits and this and oh, they're sending the limo and. Yeah, she offers to make him dinner even yeah, though she's had a whole day at work, and he's all like, "Actually, it's ten thirty. I have already eaten dinner." Okay, just say no, thank you, maybe, Mitch. Mitch the bitch. Oh my god! Give him the bell. Give him the bell. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and then it, And then, what really what really turns his eyes into a raging bull is that gold chain. Yep, the fit hits the shan as soon as he sees and it's a locket. <laughs> and it's a wig. The hit, nice the hit fits the shan. The fit hits the shan. <laughs> and uh <laughs> it's way nice. You know, it's that's a nicer locket than he was wanting to buy her because she's like, "Ooh, it's eighteen karat gold," and no, no, no. And he, just his face is just like, "Fuck all of this." <laughs> mm-hmm. This is where Mitch really turns true bitch because uh-huh. he wants to live on his income. Not their combined income. Right, because she, because she's like. Didn't I mention? I'm, I'm going to buy your rules. We're living on our income, and he's just like corrects her. He's like, no, my income, and he has some crazy eyes going on too during it. And I remember bringing this up when they were getting back together about whether he would have a problem if she worked. Right, right. And apparently he does. Right, which he never. He wants to be the breadwinner. Yeah. Yes. And yes. He he didn't he didn't want the Ewing money, but Lucy's out earning money. Right, she's earning her working. own new money. <laughs> and not only is he acting crazy, I think. And but I think she's being really adult about it. She's like, it's not my. And and and, and, right. and what's becoming Lucy's tagline? He's just, he's just he's you just said it. Like, check out you my said it. right now, <laughs> and I can't handle this. Right, right. You said this, not me. You. Oh and my she gosh. blows yes. a gasket. Remember, you said it. So she's like, this macho act, which it is like a stupid macho act. Like, come on. Come on. Mitch. Yeah, that's. Yeah, Mitch, you, 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 you get the bell. Good, because I'm done with it too, Mitch. Uh, anyway, so then we uh, cut to JR and he fills Bobby in. On their parents being separated. And then he lays out what he's worried about. It's not like, oh my God, our parents who've been together for 45 years are in marriage is in trouble. He's like, you, the future of you and what is that? Is this about man? our family or 
the company. I don't separate the two. The company? Company. I don't think JR really sees. Yeah, because I don't separate the two or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which is yeah. typical JR line. Then we go to uh, Cliff. And so he gets paged that a Mrs. Burke is there to see him. Oh, well, isn't that nice? And dun, 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 it's uh, Rebecca. She's pretending to not be Rebecca. It's Rebecca, but it's not Rebecca. Back, pretending to be a Mrs. Burke who's friends with Rebecca. Right. And so, yeah, she gives this whole situation. She's like, hey... Your mother is my friend, and she really wants to see you. And Cliff is not having it. He's just like, uh, uh-uh. like I don't give a shit. She doesn't know the meaning of the. His mother wouldn't know the meaning of the word love, and she was dead to me before. She might as well still be dead. He's really like he's cutting yeah. with a blade he's just here. Like, nope. He's mean. Basically, he's saying that she's dead to him, and he does not give a fuck about it. At exactly. All. If she's and alive, I can un- doesn't care. I can understand him being upset because he's a child. His mother oh, is totally. gone. And, yeah, yeah, he's been alive. This- right. He grew up thinking that his mom was dead, and that was the reason he didn't have her. But to like know that like it was her choice, and she le- and he doesn't know any extenuating circumstances. That's that she left. So yeah, he's bitter. Exactly. So that, oof. Another Gene and Mitch scene. Yep, they're studying again. The femur and the carotid artery. Um, and Mitch yep. is complaining again. He is very distracted. Yeah, and then she just lays it out. She's like, "If you guys are gonna stay together, one of you is gonna have to change." Simple as that. I, yep. I like her. She she tells it like it is. I like her too. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then Donna tells Ellie that Takapa is not worth all of the trouble that it's caused. It's not. And, um, oh, sorry, I yawned. And then Ellie is just basically like, no, 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 no. It goes way deeper than Takapa. Like, Takapa just brought all this stuff out, and it runs way deeper. And then she feels that she should have warned Donna about marrying a Ewing. Because Which that was sad. The Ewing's. I know. And she's basically like, they just got to end up proving themselves because, you know, they don't, they got to like, they don't feel they're worth something. So then they have to prove it. And oof, yeah, it is sad. That they're, the marriages take a backseat to proving themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I feel like we need to employ a team of therapists for this house and this family. <laughs> All the talk therapy. They have enough rooms. Couldn't they put one in for Dr. Elby so he could just live at the house? <laughs> I feel like that would have been a really good idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And imagine the um, stories he would have to share with Teresa and Raul mm-hmm. over, you know, when everybody was mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. They could all just hang out after hours, go drinking at night. Yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> Which is what Jock apparently was doing later in the episode. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, when you went out drinking. But we cut from here to Cliff at the... Starlight Lounge. The Starlight Lounge. No, yeah, Cliff Afton. is at the Starlight Lounge listening to Afton singing, which the you kind of take note of. The first the worst hurt of all. <laughs> something <laughs> something <laughs> other than steal me away. And again, played a piano going at it. So this is the actual. I think this is the first the first scene with Afton and Cliff 
in it, but they don't interact. It is. It is. They don't interact, but it's the first scene with them together. Because Cliff was at the place before, but she wasn't saying. Right. And he runs into his old college friend, Dave Stratton, who's there with the Smith sisters, Judy and Jenny, which ironically, Judy is the name of Audrey Lander's sister. Okay, but is Stratton, has he been on here before? No, this is his debut appearance. He looks so familiar. Yeah, and he's just some guy who Cliff went to college with who's in the oil business. He just looks so familiar. I don't know why. Maybe he's on another episode later or something. Oh, no, he comes back. He comes back. But it's the same person. Yes. Uh, See? Okay. Yeah, so his classmate seems to know all about the revolution or the counter-revolution. Right. And uh, Cliff is very interested in that. Yeah, maybe I will sit down and have a drink. Okay. Bobby's up late working, trying to figure out who owns a... He's he's in the Ewing Oil offices, though, with Phyllis. Which I don't understand. Right, isn't he not supposed to be doing Ewing Oil? Yes, that's what I thought. Right. Bobby. Bobby. He's not a very good senator. No, and if you're trying to be for the people, then what are you doing breaking the rules? Right. Yeah. Then we go to Cliff's apartment where Jenny calls the place yummy. (laughs) Some of this dialogue really, the dialogue really gets me. Jenny calls the place yummy. Cliff tells them where the John is. Like you're going to tell a woman where the John, no, you tell the woman where the bathroom is. You don't call it the John to a woman. Or the potty. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Or hitting the head. Um, that's Cliff. He's just going to uh, like yeah. the job. Which I, I feel like that's the first time we've ever been shown where a bathroom was on the show. Yeah. I think probably. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the first time. And, and the girls leave to powder their, powder their nose. And I'm sure it's not a big bathroom. So they They're obviously both can't be going the in the bathroom at the same time. They're going to talk about the boys. Yeah, they would. They yeah, would. We, would. we always do So that. one would pee and the yeah, other would be would. at the sink? No, you sit on the sink and wait for the yeah. other one to finish. Just don't, just don't watch and talk, and then the other one gets up and they. Um. Yeah, you, you're talking. One pees, the other waits for the other person. Or to the other one's gonna make it in the mirror while one's yeah. peeing. It's weird. We know. Yeah. We just do that. That's we, it's weird. we still that, do it as adults. It's really creepy. That's just yeah. yeah that's I, I can't play that game, but. Um. <laughs> I think it's weird. Is they they are drinking scotch and ginger. Which I've literally never, I've never heard, heard of before. I hadn't heard and, of Pickleback, but, I, think but it's I, I did it. Dave makes Dave makes fun of both her calling the place yummy and the fact that they're drinking scotch and ginger, and he's just like, "That's disgusting!" Like, yeah, he was like, "Leave ginger out of wine." But some very <laughs> important information comes out here that uh, uh, the revolution was. There were no guns fired. It was all paid for by doll- with dollars by an American. And the operators, uh, Norman Kincaid, Peter, Peter Randall, and Tom Harris. Um, and then Cliff says, oh, was there anyone ever, was there a Hank Johnson ever mentioned? And apparently Hank Johnson disappeared before all of this went down. Right. And then Cliff makes the face like, oh, I know this. I know what happened. I know where this is going. So back to you and Oil the next morning. Phyllis is not finding out who owns the property, but she's 
calling tax offices, and there was a bank in Waco where they, or a box in the Waco where the where the money was coming from, and she's trying to track down this information. Cliff calls and said he drove to Austin that night, or early that. So what did he do? Kick Dave and the girls out? I got my information, then drive to Austin. I guess. Right. I was really confused by that as well. I, I don't know, ma'am. Unless he flew like early, early, early in the morning. No, he he said he drove, which would have been a long drive. Oh, he, that is a long drive. So yeah, Cliff what didn't sleep. So Cliff didn't sleep that night. Obviously, he just kicked yeah. Dave and the girls right. out and then drove. Huh. He was drinking, though. He was drinking scotch. Maybe made him go faster. No he drove all, as the Cindy Lauper said, song said, he drove all night. Yeah. I love that uh, song. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so Bobby <laughs> leaves to, he tells Cliff he's going to ask for a delay, and he really wants Phyllis to contact him when he knows who owns this piece of pro- What is this property? Right. I'm wondering, too. <sighs> I don't know. Something's going on. And Rebecca's on. really hurt by Cliff's reaction to her, which, like, I get, but I also get, I get both sides of that one. I get it, too, but Cliff was just so direct. It, he could have been like, look, you know, let me think about it. I'm really not interested, but thank you for coming. But he was like, she hasn't been around my whole life. She's been here when I was 10. He could have, and I think it might have been different if he would have known that it was actually his mom that he was talking to. Uh, I think so too. Yeah, because he might have actually thought that it was like some lady after money or something, right? Or, I don't know. know what you're trying to pull. It's I don't not. know what game this is, but blah. I'm not buying it. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. You right. can just take your stuff and hit the bricks. Mm-hmm. So, and then Rebecca says that um, she had thought of telling Cliff about her and having money and. Could it have been any worse if he liked her just for the money than it was right now? I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a personal decision. Um, so JR brings Jock some of his stuff that he forgot from South Fork to, I, I guess it's a hotel room in Dallas. Jim is in a bathrobe, sitting in a chair, the whole mm-hmm. scene. And JR is basically explaining to him, like, he looks bad. if he gets divorced. He really does. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, if you get divorced, this is going to happen. And mama gets, like, because of the laws and taxes, she gets half of everything. So they could make you sell Ewing oil, which I feel like they wouldn't make him sell it. But JR thinks there's a possibility they could make him sell Ewing oil to divide the assets. And Jack says, it's not about that. And he said, I'll sell it first. And he, he has a couple lines in there. He's, uh, uh, you can't do, get divorced. The hell, I can't. And he's like, "Don't tell me what I." <laughs> right. Don't tell me what I mean, boy. Don't you be telling Jack nothing. It's his business. <laughs> it's his business. Business, yeah. <laughs> he can still deliver a line, even though he is deteriorating. He is really. Oh yeah, uh, he can. He, you can tell they put a lot of makeup on. I, I yeah. put it to the scene when y'all talk his, about like. his lips. You can tell his lips. The color is just—he's yep. acting yeah. the hell out of it. How he many is. more episodes do we have on uh, limited time? Uh, well, this was seventy-three, and Jim leaves in seventy-five. That's what I thought. I thought it was two or three. Okay. Um, but um, we go to Don and Ray's house, and Ray's going to be eating a very hot sausage. 
out of the yeah. frying pan. That's what she Don't. said. <laughs> no, that's what she that's what she did. No. Uh, <laughs> and can somebody describe this outfit that Susan is wearing in this scene? This it's, blue. It's like a um, it's like a eighties caftan. Which caftan's oh, oh. back in style right now? Maybe not that like Asian y looking, but I would love one of those actually. It reminds me a little like of a kimono or something. Like Miss Roper. Remember Miss Roper used to wear? That's what that is. Oh, Audrey Lindley, yes. Yeah. Yes, she... but now they're like more like mm-hmm. flowy and people actually wear them as outfits in public now with lots of jewelry. I have a black one I want that I bought last hey, summer that I hey, enjoy ki- a lot. Kids go to school wearing pajamas. so I wear pajamas sometimes. That's true. Mostly in college. <laughs> Yeah, it's because they are dragging themselves from some party, party the night before to class, and they don't have time to go home and get dressed. Yes. So, Ray doesn't think that the separation will last, and Donna isn't so sure. Right, and I was I, I had started to note, we got to leave, I thought they were leaving the business outside of the house, but the business has now become personal because of the separation. Right. It is. It's it's overlapping. It's become... It's all overlapping. Yeah. So both Lucy and Miss Ellie it's, have had yeah. enough in this episode. I've noticed. Mm-hmm. And this is a drinking moment because we have Queen Barbara Balgetti's emoting like a motherfucker. So this is a chug scene, I believe. Because mm-hmm. There's not a word of dialogue in this whole scene. She... Sits nope. in Jock's chair. Doesn't need it. She momentarily cries and she regains her composure. She gets up and she goes about her business. She just had to let it out. For- but she kind of looks over at all of the seats, like where all of her children have been seated, you know, along the years. And then she breaks down. Yeah. And then she regains herself and goes on. I love her. Queen Babu Gabo I love her in the show. Her. She's amazing. I love her in her life. Yeah, I, I wrote uh, for the emoting scene, I, I wrote, oh, this one's a chugger. Chug, chug, chug. <laughs> so, yep. come to the last scene of the episode. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Wendell has a somebody in his office that we don't see at first, the face of, because we kind of see their back. JR arrives for a meeting. Oh, and we see that it is Dave Stratton, uh, the guy who ran into Cliff, Cliff's old college friend. And so Dave tells Jr. what happened, that he ran into Cliff and Cliff was asking a lot of questions at the Stardurf Lounge. And um, as Jer- Jeremy seems about to think that Jr. would be interested in this for some reason. Right. Right. Yeah. Jeremy's like, yeah, yeah. You're going to be interested in this little story. And, um, also, and he's like, oh yeah, who, who, who else did he mention? And he's just like, and he mentioned, he asked about Hank Johnson and JR's trying to play it cool. He's trying, he's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. No, hmm. no. Oh, okay. Name doesn't, name doesn't ring a bell. No, no. Well, Cliff was always right. very lucky with the ladies, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, crack, cracking a few jokes in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, trying to change the subject late in the mood. Yeah. Then Dave gets up to leave, but as he's leaving, Jr. goes, "You know, maybe, maybe we have some business we might be able to do or something. Why don't we, uh, 
why don't I, I contact you? We can we can meet or something like that. Jeremy is like, well, that was very that was an interesting story. Jeremy must be uh, suspicious, obviously. Mm-hmm. Jeremy seems to know why Jr. is there, but he wants to get down to it. He's like, so why did you ask for this meeting, Jr.? Yeah. Uh, and I just he he offers his you know thoughts on. Jock and Maselli's separation, and Jerry goes, "Oh, yeah, we, we all, we all hope that they, you know, get back together." Blah blah blah. And Jr. is basically like explains, you know, like, and he he's basically like, "I'm here to sell you, uh, Ewing oil." If my parent, like, he doesn't specify if his parents get divorced. He's just basically like, hey, this thing could come to pass and I might need a job and I'd like to come to Westar and this is what I'd like and it's like a good salary and like stock options and benefits and retirement, and all and that stuff and retirement. Blah, what, blah, blah. And Jeremy, and Jeremy cuts to the chase and says that, so what you want to do is run, you and Oil will be a subsidiary of Westar, but you want to run it independently. And right. how many times does he and have Jared's to remind like, everybody that can we start a new drinking game every time Jeremy says that uh, Westar is one of the eight largest oil companies in the world? Because every time he's on, yes, he has to remind yeah. everybody that is. Westar is one of the eight largest oil companies in the world. He does do that. Which means it's the eighth. If someone says that, it's the eighth. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is the eighth. I want to know who the seven are that are bigger than you. Exactly. That's what you said. <laughs> I'm writing this down. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it ends on JR saying, I'm going to sell you, you and oil. I'm here Freeze to frame. I give this 4.25 bourbons and a lock, but only one that was paid for by hard work. Oh, sorry. Did I steal it again? Yeah. Okay, so Sorry. I'm actually going to give this one a 4.5, and I was going to say a locket, but now I'm going to say a furry rib with breakfast in bed. Nice. Oh. Uh, let's see. 4.4 and the sale of you and oil. The sale of you and oil? Oh. Yeah, I'm going to offer you an oil for sale uh, with the 4.4. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay. 4.25 bourbons, and I love my mama and her money. Nice, nice. Okay. So, unfortunately, our days with Jim Davis are quickly coming to a close. Yes. Being a, a character with that we see with lines. Maybe a spoiler, but not really. Like Everybody his knows. spirit continues on the show throughout the entire run into the new series that happened in 2012. But Jim Davis died in 1981. On Jordana so Brewster's first hear... birthday. Mm. Who right. played Elena. That's true. So we've been trying to think of something to honor that um, here at the podcast. And what we've come up with is that we are going to donate some money in Jim Davis's name to the um, brain to, I believe it's 
the brain tumor charity. I'll have to get the exact name of it, but it's a, it's a charity that gives to people with brain tumors because that is what Jim eventually died of. He had a, a he had brain tumors and it led to having uh, like a, his gallbladder going and he had surgery for that, that they actually expected him to live a lot longer with, but it just, it got his body down. And uh, anyway, so what we're going to do up until June 1st, 2022, for every like or review, new like or review on um, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, um, we are going to give a dollar and we are also going to give 10% of the Patreon money that we make through the end of May. So... And this will be posted on um, our social media? It is already posted on our social media. We posted it um, about a week ago. Did we, uh, we will should repost we, should it. We, should we pin it, maybe, so it's on the top? Uh, I think it is. I think oh, okay. it actually yeah, I think it is. Already, I think I saw it like yesterday or something. Okay. And um, also, if you personally would like to make your own contribution in Jim, Jim Javis's name, either to that charity or another charity that you think is worthy, um, just send us some sort of note with some sort of just like proof that you did it. And we will totally post that and, and celebrate you doing that on the podcast. So again, we're doing this till the end of May. I'm just saying June 1st, um, as our cutoff. And we hope that we can, do some good in Jim Davis's memory. Yes. And so. you know he was a great character because they talk about him the entire show, even when he's long gone. I mean, he never leaves the show except for his physical being. The entire time, yeah. He just looms large. Over 30 years later, you bring the new series back and he's still referenced. Yeah, yeah. I started watching the show in 1983, so That's about years after it had been on, I never knew Jock as an actual character on the show until I watched it in, in reruns in the 90s. Me too. So, but I, I always knew who Jock was because you could just feel his presence and like his portrait is looming over, and so I, yeah, yeah. The portrait almost becomes and a character amazing. in and of itself. And when you go into South Fork, that's sure. what you see, the portrait of Jock, whenever we were in there. It's like Jock haunts South Fork, basically, yes. with that portrait. And I remember I I was watching from the beginning, but I was so little that I I was watching from the beginning, So I had, but I had fuzzy memories of Jim and Jock up until the end of the 82-83 season. Finale, which is yes. about when I started yes. watching. Yes. Which is when I started watching it as well. So I feel like we kind of yeah. had a similar like consciousness point to it. Because I remember consciousness, yes. But I remember I, there for was some a, reason, I my family was watching and I was there and I was you know I was there when I was watching the finale, and that's when I was like ooh, and I was like I want to watch the next stage. She's like it doesn't come on. It, it's that was this season finale, and I didn't know what that was. You know, which which season? The finale? one he was talking about. Eighty two, eighty three. Uh -huh. And I remember I was like, I want to watch this. And she was like, well, you probably shouldn't, but uh, okay. You know, and so um, she's like, it doesn't come on tomorrow. It comes on like next year, you know, or whenever it came back on. The fall, and, uh, yeah. 
And you, I didn't understand that at all. I was like, well, I can't even watch it tomorrow. She was a psychic. You said, she said, you probably shouldn't watch this, but, you know, in maybe 35, 37 years, you're going to have a podcast, so we should probably watch this. No, no, I'm serious. You know, my grandparents know how much I love them. My grandmother, about eight or nine years ago, she loves chickens. And my uncle built her like a chicken coop in the backyard. And I'm, it's like a big one. And she, you know how you only have one rooster and the rest are, you know, the chickens. She named her rooster JR for me. So the only, only cock in the hen house was JR. The only cock in the hen house. <laughs> it's true. And she was like, I did it for Sarah, but now it sounds really dirty. I love my grandmother. <laughs> I love it. She's fine. Anyway. Awesome. Well, thank you, and please join us next time where we will be watching uh, season four, episode 20. Ewing versus Ewing. Yes. That's yeah. a good one. Dun, 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 dun. We're getting on, guys. We're getting, we're getting it good. Which is, I feel like the first episode, well, we won't say what happens, but from everything I've been reading is an episode where... They have reconfigured storylines to fit with Jim's illness. Mm-hmm. And a little note, uh, Craig Stevens returns as uh, Craig Stewart, who was uh, Leslie. Oh, Leslie's um, husband? Oh. Are he, uh, yeah, he is the real-life husband of Alexis Smith. Who's who joined that? Dallas later. Oh. Oh, oh. Wow. Okay. As somebody's oh, sister. Okay. I know who that is. Yes. Well, we will see you next time. Until then, bye. Bye, y'all. Y'all come back now, you hear? Peace, y'all. Ring that bell. Ding, oh. ding. We'll be back real soon. Next on Dallas. I want to know exactly how much Ewing Oil is worth on the open market. If I didn't know better, I'd think you were going to sell the company. I can't live with Jock any longer. But look at all the two of you have built together. To hell with the empire. You know how much just a copper deal means to me. Well, how can it be worth more than you and Mama? Can you imagine what Miss Ellie's settlement might be? Money is the last thing on anybody's mind right now. Things have come to a head. Do I draw up the papers? If you're really serious about Westar acquiring Ewing Oil... We better move fast.